Hello, Open Arms. It's so great to have all of you tuning in from your home, from your car, from your workplace, wherever you are. It's so great to have you with us today. My name is Sean Booth, and I'm looking forward to speaking to you today and really hoping this word encourages you and builds up your faith. You know, this is a really exciting time for us as a church. Now we are one church in three locations in Dublin, Kildare, and online. And it is exciting because God is moving. He is building his church, and I believe that he's calling us to be healthy as Christians, to be centered in Jesus as we looked at for six weeks, Jesus is, and rediscovering who Jesus is. And he's called us to be united as a community, as a people, to be praying for one another and also be praying for those within our families our neighborhoods, our workplaces, and within our community. So today we're starting a new series called The Church God Has Called Us to Be. The Church, the People that God Has Called Us to Be. That's also the title of my message today. And I would love for you to take notes, to to write down what you you sense that God is saying maybe to you. But also this is going to be a, a teaching, looking at the church and asking and answering some of the questions that we have about the church. Because in this season in particular where we could not, for the very first time, uh, meet physically for almost a year and a half, be together, worship together, being community together physically. Well, many people are asking the question and have asked the question, what is the purpose of the church? What is the need of the church? Why should I and must I go to church, be a part of church? And so my goal is to answer these questions today. My goal is for us at the end of this time having a greater revelation of the church that God has called us to be, but also greater insight into who he has called us to be. You know, the church was never intended to become an institution or an organization, nor was it intended to ever be confined to a building, but the church has always been called as a people, as the body of Christ. And I want to begin looking at this question where did the church originate from? Where did it start? You know, when any time that we want to look at a certain particular issue or, or theology, theological doctrine or whatever it is, we always got to go back to the start and, most importantly, go to Scripture. So we read in the Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament, we see the story of how God the Father sent his son Jesus to the world in human form to save his people, me and you, from our sins so that we may have life and relationship with God our Father for eternity through his son. And what we read in this story, what happened was Jesus was crucified on the cross. He was dead for three days until he was resurrected from the grave to express and to show and exemplify the incomparable power of God. And he did all of this with the purpose of establishing his church. Church, the word church in the New Testament, found in the original Koine Greek, is translated as the ecclesia. Ecclesia is defined as the called out ones. So the church is a people who are being called out. Called out of the world of sin, of hopelessness and darkness, and called into the kingdom of light. Called into the kingdom of heaven. We see that after Jesus was resurrected, he ascended to heaven after 40 days and he left in his place 
the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones who are filled with and empowered by the Holy Spirit. We see that the church is Christ's body here on earth in which he fills everything with his presence, in which he speaks and acts. We see that Jesus and the church are one. Jesus came to earth to save us from our sins, was resurrected from the grave, and left in his place the church filled with the Holy Spirit. Open Arms Church is Christ's body here in Ireland within our community in which he speaks and acts, in which we are the hands and feet of Jesus. And I believe that just as the power of God raised Jesus from the grave, that God wants to raise the church in Ireland from the grave, from the dead. Not the church of old, not an institutional church, not a church of religion, but the true church, the real church, the church that God has called us to be. That we would have a belief and a boldness that God has called us, He saved us, He's chosen us, and He's filled within us the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to accomplish what He's called for us to do on this earth, which is, I believe, something great, something that we've never seen before within our lives and within our land. Why? Because people are without hope. People are searching. People are desperate. People now, today, are more discontent and more dissatisfied with life and hopeless, purposeless, and searching for answers, searching for hope. You know what the church is called to be? It's called to be a place of hope. It's called to be a community who are gathered around the, the hope that is found in Jesus Christ that fills us up, that gives us the confidence that we need for life, and a church that is committed to sharing the same hope with the world around us. So where did the church originate from? Where did it come from? The church came from Jesus Christ. The church and Jesus are one. Well, the next question we have heard so much asked recently, and many are asking, what is the purpose of the church? Well, You've got to go back to the beginning and to see the formation of the church in which Jesus established. And we ask the question, what is the picture found in Scripture in which the church was being formed and which, which is being, uh, that we are called to reflect here on earth today in the 21st century? Well, after Jesus was resurrected, he, he spent 40 days with his disciples, teaching with them and sharing with them the vision of the church he has called us to be. And we read in Matthew 28, verse 18, that Jesus gives his disciples and gives us his commission. This is where he's saying, this is the mission which I am calling you to. He says, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, I'm sending you, I'm calling you, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Next we see in Acts chapter 2 that his disciples, just as Jesus said they would be, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It came upon them like fire. It baptized in the Holy Spirit. And there were thousands of people on the streets who heard the worshiping and, and praises of tongues happening through the power of the Holy Spirit. And what happened is the disciples and the 120, they went out onto the streets. They witnessed to the people. And the apostle Peter stood up and began preaching to the crowd about Jesus. 
We see in Acts 2 verse 37, it says, When the people heard this, what Peter had shared with them about Jesus, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter responds in verse 38, he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. We see in this moment, 3,000 people responded to the message. And here we see the first congregation established, the beginning of the early church. We read on in Acts 2, we see that the gospel has transformed their lives. And, and those people who responded, we see that the impact that the gospel is having on them, and they begin to form the ecclesia. They begin to form this community, the church. And we read in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone who, as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. We see daily from that day to this day, the Lord has been building his church. We see in verse 42, it begins as the formation of the early church. The purpose of the church, it says this, they devoted themselves to be devoted means to consecrate ourselves, to make something that is, uh, de or declare something sacred and holy. To be devoted is to be dedicated, to be committed, to give ourselves to exclusively, to be zealously loyal. So what did they devote themselves to? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which is the hearing of the word of God. They devoted themselves to fellowship, to community, to the breaking of bread, to prayer, to unity as provision, as we see in verse 44 and 45. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. As we see in verse 47, also that he devoted themselves to praise and worship. What made them unique and allowed for everything to come to pass was their devotion to fellowship. It was their devotion to being in community, to following the words of Jesus that he repeated time and time again to love one another, to care for one another. They shared with one another. The word fellowship used in the New Testament comes from the Greek word koinonia. And this is defined as to have communion with. And in fact, it was a word that was used famously by one of the most renowned philosophers of his day and today, which is the name philosopher Plato. And Plato, he wrote about this society in which he saw, in which he saw the, the word koinonia is defined as in his book, The Republic and the Laws. And in his writing, he desired for every person to care for one another, to, to look after one another, to share and have concern and love one another. And he, his desire was to see the gap between rich and poor smaller and smaller, not larger and larger. Let me quote an extract from his book, 400 years before the formation of the early church. It says, Neither 
had any of them anything of their own, but they regarded all they had as common property. Nor did they claim to receive of the other citizens anything more than their necessary food. Here we see that Plato, he's describing a community that cares for, loves for, and helps one another. We see that 2,400 years before this moment, that just like Plato and just like today, people are searching for this utopian community. People are searching for this word koinonia to be in reality, to be an authentic community where people care for and love one another, that they can belong in and be loved and share together. And here we read in Acts, the formation of the early church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, that they understood that this utopia had come to pass. As they see in Acts chapter 2, verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. This describes true fellowship, true community. This community, this congregation, this church, they were devoted to one another. We see the 3,000 people as they gave their lives to Jesus, as they were experienced the transformational power of the Holy Spirit through the power of the gospel. Suddenly, they're sharing with one another. Suddenly, they're caring for one another. Suddenly, they're, they're loving one another. Was this because that they were forced to? Was this because of some law that they had to obey? Was this because it was linked to the conditions of salvation? No, of course not. Well, was it because their lives had been transformed by the power of this Holy Spirit and they were moved to? They, they were moved by the love of Jesus to share this same hope, to share this same passion and love that they received through Jesus with one another and with the world, that they were moved to fulfill the commission in which Jesus has given us in Matthew chapter 28. We see that in a moment, 3,000 people responded to the gospel, gave their lives to Jesus, and instantly were part of the kingdom of God. Instantly were part of his church in Colossians 1.12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion and darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You see, like every other human being that existed and exists today, we have all belonged to another kingdom, the kingdom of self. The kingdom of me, myself, and I. The kingdom of darkness. But now both them and us who give our lives to Jesus, we become a part of a new kingdom. We become a part of the kingdom of God who is led by, and, and le uh, led by the king himself, Jesus Christ. We've seen that more now than ever, this kingdom of self runs rampant in our society and in our world. I've seen this fight that's happening, this tension, this struggle, even within many people within the church where our goal feels like it's to look after me and what I want. We are discovering that this isolation, this seclusion causes us to be, become more distant from and further than the call of God on our life, the call in which Jesus has given us to be his church. In fact, we are seeing this and experience this within our nation and most of the Western world where we have never experienced so much affluence and wealth in all of our history, while at the same time we're seeing anxiety, 
depression, and suicidal tendencies rising than ever before. We're seeing at this one time where we have everything we could ever want, and at the same time, we've more dissatisfaction and discontentment than ever before. And the good news is, the great news is that we have been called and given opportunity to be part of a new kingdom. Not the kingdom of self, but the kingdom of our Savior, of Jesus Christ. And this king and this kingdom, its purpose is to bring liberty and freedom to all. It is to bring freedom from oppression and hopelessness. Freedom from darkness and depression. Freedom from ourselves and to experience freedom in Jesus, for Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world. He is the hope of the world. And he says these words in Matthew 5, verse 14, that you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Because Jesus, he lives in us. And when we follow him, he says that we are now the light of the world. That we are to shine this light to others. That we are to be hope in the hopelessness. That we are to be light in the darkness. And we carry this same light. And here's the thing that we need to understand. That people are hungry for what we have. People in Ireland are desperate for what we have. And what do we have? We have the light of the world. We have the hope for humanity. You see, the church is the only people who knows the future. And this is what gives us hope. As we read in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That this is the hope that can bring us out of darkness. That no matter what we experience, that no matter what we face in this life, we know that we have a hope that's found in Jesus Christ. And that is what gives us confidence. That is what is light in the darkness. You see, the world today is so desperate for this utopian community that Plato described 2,400 years ago. This, this world today is desperate for acceptance. Desperate to be cared for, to be seen heard, valued, known. This world is desperate to hear the words, we're here for you. To hear the words, we don't judge you. To hear the words, this is a safe place. You can be a part of this community. You see, I believe that this is the church and the people in which Jesus is calling us to be. All over the world, there are many Different communities and groups and gatherings met together in pubs and in social clubs and communities and, and in different societies and associations. But the church is totally unique as a gathering. The church is the only place where everyone has equal status. The church is the only place where if you are a beggar or if you are royalty, where you are equal. The church is the only place where whether you're an executive or an employee, you're the same. The church is the only place where whether you are a success or a failure, it's okay. The church is the only place where gender doesn't matter, race doesn't matter, language doesn't matter, socioeconomic backgrounds does not matter, where the last one in is just as important as the first one through the door. 
The church is a community that's built in and established in the kingdom of God, a community of love and acceptance and care and completely unique in our world where we all are singing the same song, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. We once were unclean, but now we are made clean through the sacrifice of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The church is the most unique place. In fact, Paul said this about it in Galatians 3, verse 28, that you are all sons and daughters of God through faith in Jesus Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. John Stott, famous theologian, he put it like this, The church lies at the very center of the eternal purpose of God. The church is not an accident of history. On the contrary, the church is God's new community. The church is a community where the broken can find restoration. The confused can journey into understanding. The failed can begin again. The hurting can be healed. Where the dysfunctional, they can discover God's best way for their life. Where the addict can find patience and encouragement. The church is the hope of the world. This is it. The church is the hope of the world found through Jesus. In fact, the church is the only thing on which Jesus said that he will build. Matthew chapter 16, verse 17. This is the rock on which I will build my church. A church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. James Emery White states that the church is the most beautiful, the most radical, the most dangerous and the most glorious enterprise on the planet and there is nothing more worthy of throwing our lives in than the local So why be a part of this community? As I asked at the very beginning, what is the need for church? Why do I go to church? Why must I become part of this community? The answer is so that we can fulfill the call of Jesus Christ in our life to be the church, to be his body here on earth, to be light in the darkness, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be his body in which he will speak and act and fill his everything with the presence of God and that we can share the hope of Jesus with our families, our neighbors, and our communities. What's the purpose of our church, Open Arms? Our purpose is to be a life-giving church, to be a life-giving people so that we may experience, see people experience life change through Jesus Christ. This is the church in which God has called us to be, to reach across our nation, to reach across so that every single man, woman, and child will experience the hope of Jesus. The question I want to ask you today, and my hope and my prayer, is this the church that God is calling you to be? I believe this is the church that God God is calling you to be a part of. And this is the church that I believe that He has and is calling us to be. Now I want to give us an opportunity today to place our faith in Jesus, to give our lives to him so that we can be in his community, so we can be into community together, so we can be a part of his church, loving one another, caring for one another, so that we may not be led by 
selfish wants, that we would not be consumed by ourselves, but that we would live our life in such a way that we care for others, that we share what we have with those around us. Maybe today you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never placed your faith in him. I wonder, could you pray a very simple prayer with me? And It's a prayer of surrender that, that I've prayed many, many times and I keep coming back to. It's a prayer where I almost start again. Lord, I've fallen off. Lord, I've, I've actually been leading my own life and I've, I've not been surrendering to you. Will you help me one more time? Will you help me again? I wonder, could you just pray these words with me? Or maybe if you just want to close your eyes and where you are and just take a moment, take an opportunity between you and Jesus and say these words, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you everything. I am a sinner, and today I seek your forgiveness. Today I choose to follow you. I believe that I am forgiven, that I am set free, and that by your grace, I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you prayed that prayer for the first time today? There's a celebration happening in heaven right now. You are a part of the kingdom of God. Maybe, maybe you found yourself becoming distant in this season. Maybe you found yourself being more isolated than being in community. I want to encourage you, start back again. Why don't you come and join us this next Sunday, whether in Dublin or in Kildare. Come and, and be again a part of this new community, the church in which God has called us to be and is building here in Ireland. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to uh, be able to see you in face-to-face, -face, in person, whether that's physically in a location or, or join us in Next Steps, which happens the first Wednesday of every month, which is a Zoom group where we gather together to hear your story and also share our story and be able to connect you into the life of the church. We'd love you to fill out our Connect card and Online, you can find it at openarms.ie forward slash connect and fill out some of your information and tick the relevant box and we'll connect with you this week through text or through email and help you get plugged in to Open Arms. Let me pray for you as we worship one last time. I pray, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.